Kokomo Friday Fantasy Baseball. It is yet another call-up Friday. The prospects just keep on coming. All right, team name Tuesday on a Kokomo Friday, guys. Cavin in the Woods. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's a movie. Not bad at all. It depends on the person reading the team name knowing how that name is pronounced, though, because up to a couple weeks ago, me, somebody who's written about Kevin Biggio multiple times, didn't know how to pronounce it. So, what did you think it was? Kavan. Mm. Well, I, I think the context of the team name gives it away. Come on, Scott. <laughs> because it's no Kevin. one would think it's Kavan in the woods. Yeah, because it's Kevin right. in the woods. So the, the exactly. assumption I think built in. In case is that it's Kevin. In case people miss Maybe. it. Maybe. I, I said come on, Scott, instead of come on, Scott. It was a really good joke. So he's coming up. <laughs> Josh Naylor's coming up. We're going to talk about some of the other minor leaguers that have come up, the call-ups, and whether or not they're droppable uh, for these guys. We'll, we'll try to put it because there are a lot of them, and some of them haven't been so great. Our favorite two-star pitchers for next week, our favorite weekend streamers, that's not a great list. Lucas Giolito, though, he was awesome on my bench last night, a complete game at Houston. And uh, I would argue his first good start against a good team this year. Might get some pushback on that. Aaron Noah struggled. John Lester struggled. Who is David Fletcher? And why is he being added? We'll take a look at the most added list and much more. All right, guys. Welcome. Happy Friday to you. Let's get going. Okay, Scott, Kevin Biggio and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., for that matter, being called up today by the Blue Jays. And Josh Naylor for the Padres. Who is a bigger priority, Biggio or Naylor? Uh, Biggio's by far the biggest priority of anybody getting called up because his seems like a clear case of it's his time and the Blue Jays want to give him at bats. And, uh, you know, the, the Naylor situation, just to kind of uh, just to kind of uh, contrast that is uh, the Padres have six games coming up in an AL park. So most likely he's up to DH and that'll probably it unless they're ready to give up on Hunter Renfro or stick. Uh, no, they'd have to give up on Hunter Renfro to find a bat for, for Naylor. So I, I suspect that'll be a short-term stay. Uh, but Biggio, you know, he can play four different positions. At second base, they can stick him there easily enough. It's not like they don't have openings for him. And he's been, you know, after kind of emerging as a prospect last year with a big power breakthrough, he's he's kind of taken another step forward this year. Strikeout rate down quite a bit. The line drive rate is up. He's he's shown he can hit for average too. Walks a lot, has more walks than strikeouts. Can run, uh, does a little bit of everything. Uh, so that's I mean the fact he's second base eligible and that's one of the few positions there may actually be a need in your league, even if you play in like a a standard head to head league. And somebody in your league's going to need him. Somebody's going to be excited to pick him up. Yeah, I, I thought last week with like. Brendan Rodgers and Keston Hiera and Nicky Lopez. It was kind of a little bit of a, do you want to bet on the upside of some of those really good prospects? Or Nicky Lopez is probably going to have a good floor and probably going to play every day. I kind of feel like Biggio gives you both both of those things. I, I don't think there's much risk to his playing time. I don't think he's going to be called up for a short period and sent back down unless he's just awful. And I think he has a lot of upside. 
I picked him up in three different leagues last night, including what may have been my weirdest ad drop of the season in a 10 team uh, Yahoo five by mm-hmm. five categories league. I added Biggio and dropped Joey Votto. Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that is awesome. Is that an OBP league or a batting average league? Batting average. Woo. What size did you say that league was? 10 team. I get it. I have Reese Hoskins as first base outfield eligible. I'm using him at first base. No, I mean, look, in our 2014 Dynasty League, I haven't started Joey Votto in like three or four weeks, and I don't really have a spot for him at this point. So I I totally get that. Ooh, I yep. love it. That is really, that is awesome. All right, so so would you rather have... <laughs> look at Scott. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't recommend it, but oh, I, oh, I'm not I saying understand I would. why you did I just love it because it's fun. Uh, okay, dropping yeah. Votto for Biggio. How about dropping... Nick Senzel, Brendan Rodgers, who will have second base eligibility, and, or Keston Hira for Biggio. How would you rank Biggio with, with those other prospecty second basemen? He's the lowest prospect of all of them. Um, I think he's the least likely to be an impact player over the course of his career. But just because the playing time for Brendan Rodgers hasn't fully manifested, and I'm not totally convinced it will, I, I drop Rogers for him. The other two, though, definitely not Senzel, who I, I like what he's doing so far. Mm-hmm. And then here has come around recently. I think there's a good chance he sticks around, too. Yeah, I would rank them Senzel, Biggio, Rogers, Hira. Okay. Hmm. No, I would go Senzel, Hira, Biggio, Rod. Yeah, that's how I did it. So, okay. So two votes for Senzel, Biggio. Wait. Senzel Hira Biggio. So I would drop I would drop Rogers. I would hope I have someone on my team who's a little less interesting than Brendan Rod. Okay. So those are your two big call-ups. Josh Naylor, we're not really Keith put a two got him for two dollars in our uh pretty deep Roto League, dropping Ryan Brazier. So if you want to speculate on Naylor, you know, a guy like Ryan Brazier is a good person to drop. We're not recommending a big fab uh bid on Naylor and and I got Biggio in that league as well for 22. 22, yeah. Which There's is, a third prospect that you didn't mention here. Third player getting called up at him. Uh, Kevin Crone, brother of oh, CJ Crone. Oh, he is? Crone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah, who we talked about yesterday yeah. when we talked about the prospect. I talked about, ah, there's no room for him. He's not getting called up. So uh, clearly I have my finger on the pulse. But... Um, yeah, you know, the person who initially reported it said he's being called up to be a bench bat and an occasional starter at first base. I, you know, th- what complicates it is the fact that Christian Walker's been slumping for a few weeks now. He still has the second highest hard hit rate in all of baseball, according to Fangraphs, behind just, of course, Joey Gallo. Uh, so I would be surprised if the Diamondbacks are ready to pull the plug on him, but. Yeah, I could see a scenario, uh, Kevin Crone obviously being the minor league leader in home runs, but he's also a 26-year-old and, you know, kind of kind of a quasi-prospect because of that. Uh, but I could see a scenario where, you know, if he happens to make good on his what few opportunities he gets and Walker continues to struggle, maybe there is, maybe they do pull the old switcheroo. So, Scott, you said he's 26? Yeah. So you'd, you'd say he's an old Crone? I wouldn't. Not me. That's you. CJ Crone's little brother. You guys know he that? CJ Crone. Of course. Yeah. Great. He was ma- managed great by his dad. Chris yeah. Crone. Exactly. Great baseball bloodline. 
Yes. 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 Crone Chris, had for just 25 don't, career. Chris, listen to yesterday's podcast. You're just using old material. Okay. <laughs> it's time to look at week nine's two star I pitchers. To it. Yeah, I, I could tell. <laughs> Who are owned in 70% of leagues or less. Who could we go to? Uh, you know, like in our podcast points league, pretty shallow league, 12 team points league, but. Everybody's got a lot of pitchers. I mean, they were, the best pitcher available was like Michael Waka, and there's no way in hell I'm touching Michael Waka next week. So I do see some guys in the in the high 60 range that could be useful. But uh, Heath, why don't I throw it to you first? A two-star pitcher next week that might actually be worth streaming and could be available. I think there's a guy in the low 40s who will be usable, and he's actually been better than I thought he was going to be so far this year. He's a guy, maybe one of those guys we've argued about a lot this year, Jeff Samarja who actually has an ERA in the threes and has two matchups against the Marlins and the Orioles mm. this week. I, I, I'm yeah. probably adding him and starting him. I don't think we've argued think about I'd... him this year, but in the past, definitely. No, it's been like three years, I think, since we mentioned Jess Samarja's name on this podcast. No, um, it was last <laughs> It was last off, It was last draft prep he season. He joking. We got... Don't be so literal. Oh, okay. Well, that's when we got really into it. But no, Samarja, he just he pitches five innings every time. But this time, this you know, two starts, you might actually get some good. You get ten this week. Yeah, I think go. there's probably another guy in the forties who I like a little more. And sorry, Heath, it's Lance Lynn. Nope. Yep. Um, nope. Yep. He's at Seattle versus Kansas City. Those are really good matchups. Yeah. Yes, they are. They're compared to at Miami and at Baltimore, they're not really good matchups. He's a better pitcher than Jeff. Those are two league average offenses. Miami's I, on fire, though. Seattle might might be a league average offense at this point overall. Uh, they probably have not been a league average offense for a little while now, and they strike out a good amount. So, I mean, look, Lance Lynn ha- always has the potential to absolutely blow up, but so does Jeff Samar. Well, he does. So, I I I think I like Lance Lynn uh, a little more. You've got more strikeout potential for sure, and the potential to go deeper into games. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot of recently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my standout sleeper among the two start options this week. I, I see like Chris Bassett, Angels in Houston, Gio Gonzalez at Minnesota at Pittsburgh, Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray. Pittsburgh and yeah. Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sonny Gray, I guess, would be my favorite in that group just because he doesn't have one really bad matchup. Uh, I, yeah. If you are desperate and you want to go below the, the 30 per, 30% range, like for those deeper leagues, I think Trevor Richards' yep. matchups are pretty good against San Francisco and San Diego. He's only twenty eight percent owned now. Well, he's been he's been really terrible. He, he was good. He pitched yesterday, right? I think he was pretty good. Yeah, against Detroit, oh, that was his first. Yeah, by his own standards, time. he was pretty good. A lot of hits and less than six innings. But yeah, I mean, with those matchups and like, he still has one of the top swinging strike rates in baseball. Like, yeah, it's 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 really good with that changeup. So I'm not I'm not totally over him. Um, yeah, he he seems like a reasonable reasonable choice to take a flyer on Trevor Richards. Trevor Richards. Okay. And Scott, uh, give me off the top of your head, I'm pretty sure you know this, the top 50 in swinging strike rate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the top 50. Come on. No, I'm just Only like the, top the guys 40. at the top are like Caleb Smith, Blake Snell. Uh, yeah, they're Here, good pitchers. That's only, a, that's only two. Come on. You're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a deep sleeper. Uh, Jose Urania has a 2.80 ERA in his last seven starts, and he's at Washington and at San Diego next week. I mean, the, the matchups aren't bad, but I think he is pretty bad. Yeah. So, like, I know he's on a good run, but 
And I, I almost included him in the waiver wire column yesterday, uh, coming off another good start. And then I just decided that I couldn't really make a strong enough argument like for J O. No, I, I got the whole name. in. I got the whole name in there. And then I started looking and I was like, well, he's got like six straight really good starts. And then I saw he's like still not really striking anyone out. The control's still okay, but not great considering the strikeout rate. And it's just like, he's, it's, he's probably bad. Okay, well, look, if you didn't like the two-star pitchers, I'm not sure you're going to like the weekend streamers for this weekend to try to help you win a league with daily lineups. So there are some pitchers that I like, but they have bad matchups. Reynaldo Lopez at Minnesota. I don't trust guys. I don't trust, like, fringy guys at Minnesota. Uh, Griffin Canning against Texas. Love to see. I'd love to add Griffin Canning. I don't know that I'm going to start him. Same thing with uh, Tyler Skaggs and I, whatever. But but same thing with Andrew Heaney against Texas. So, like, Canning, Skaggs, and, and Heaney are three of the more interesting ones. And I don't Pablo think I want Lopez. Pablo Lopez, yeah. I mean, he's been so inconsistent, but he's at Washington tonight. That could be good. Pablo Cito. Joey Lucchese at Toronto. Uh, Kyle Gibson against the White Sox. He's 75% no, owned. He's the professor. And then, like, Tyler Malley, who we like a lot, but unfortunately yeah. Malley's at the Cubs. So I don't know how, what to do about that. Danny Duffy against the Yankees. Like, I don't see one pitcher with a great match. Like, one ex- exciting pitcher with a great matchup. That's the problem here. I don't see one of those. Yeah, I think Lopez probably comes closest among this group, group just because Washington's in such a free fall right now. But, you know, the Mets Pablo were in a free fall four days ago. Pablo. And, yeah, yeah, Pablo Lopez. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd, Mets, absolutely be, I'd absolutely be fine starting Griffin Canning and Kyle Gibson. Those are my... You know, Pablo Lopez is fine, too, but um, I think any of those three. The others don't really interest me at all. Not Mally? Is it because of the matchup against the Cubs? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think feel like his ceiling is limited from start to start. I think he should be added, for sure. I just wouldn't want to start him against the Cubs. Guys, let's do some standouts from yesterday. Let's talk about Lucas Giolito. We got a busy show today. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Um, Giolito in particular. He'll be getting Kansas City and Cleveland next week. So you'll be starting Lucas Giolito, who was started in 60% of leagues. I played it safe. Got the Astros. No thanks. He struck out nine in nine scoreless innings with four hits to one walk. And no Springer, no Altuve. I'm sure that helped. But we're looking at a guy right now who uh, has a 277 ERA, a 106 whip, 59 strikeouts, only three home runs allowed. That's got to be unsustainable in 52 innings. Lucas Giolito uh, looks great. Again, I, I went through the game log, and, and previously in his tougher matchups, he didn't do so well. He did make an adjustment. I think his previous start, there was rain, so he had to hurry up his delivery. And he said, it worked really well. I'm just going to stick with it. He was throwing smoke last night. Uh, anyway, where are we on Giolito? I understand that he's de- certainly must-own. Has he approached must-start territory? Is Lucas Giolito like a true breakout pitcher this year? Well, um, yes. To the second question, uh, must start. I mean, there's there's regression coming because there's been good home run run luck, like you said. The walk rate is high, uh, and those together. I mean, I he's not going to be this good, but he he's definitely taken a step forward in terms of production. Swinging strike rate is way up. He's getting you know his secondary arsenal seems to improved. He's throwing a little harder. Uh, he he's better. I think he's like mid threes ERA good, but if you're doing that with a good strikeout rate, I mean that's still that's obviously that's obviously an asset. 
Yeah, he's got. I think it's he's got a three point eight two Sierra. He might be a little bit better than that rest of season. He probably is not going to win a ton of games, but I, I have, I'm struggling with how high to move him. He's he's not quite in my top fifty starting pitchers rest of season, but he's knocking on the door. One thing to keep in mind, and you know, we've we've talked about it a lot with Jose Barrios. Um, anyone who pitches in the AL Central, and granted, things will be a lot better when you're a member of the Twins and you don't have to face the only good offense in that division, but you're going to get a lot of really easy matchups. Like we talk about, well, he hasn't done that great against the good teams that he's faced, but you know, he probably half of his remaining starts are going to come against AL central teams. And most of those are pretty bad. Yeah. Next week, Kansas city and Cleveland. Would you rather have, would you rather have Giolito or, or uh, Chris Archer? Archer. Yeah, I'm starting to sour on Chris Archer, oh. but I don't think I'm quite to the point of dropping him behind the leader, which I isn't to say Chris Archer has been a bad pitcher in the past, Adam. Don't even go down that path. Oh. He is, I, they're only seven part, point, spots apart in my ranking. I could see next week at this time Giolito being ahead of Archer. Yeah, I would say I expect Lucas Giolito to be a better run preventer than Chris Archer. I think Archer probably gets the edge just in terms of I would expect him to throw 200 innings or something close to it this season and get a bunch of strikes. Okay, so uh, other standouts. I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys in a second, but let me just get through three other guys here. Um, I apologize. I know monopolizing the, the standout section. Aaron Nola, John Lester, start with them. They strugg- They faced each other. They both struggled. Nola, you know, has mostly been good lately, but this was obviously a step back, and he and he walked four, and his walk like twenty five walks and fifty seven and two thirds, and a one fifty four whip for Nola. Lester, two crappy starts in a row, and he has allowed more than a hit per inning, and he's at Houston next week, which will almost certainly have George Springer back, and mm, I don't think Altuve back, but there's a possibility. Uh, I know that they're obviously in different tiers, but for the sake of simplifying it, who are you more concerned about, Aaron Nola? or John Lester relative to your, you know, expectations. I just still like I we we still don't have any really even reasonable explanation for why Nola's been so mediocre this season. So. You just have a lot of it's just having trouble throwing strikes, isn't it? Right, which is out of character for his entire career going back to I would assume Peewee. So <laughs> Or Little League? Yeah, he's still Pee-wee. Pee-wee. I, Every pitcher I've ever seen has had trouble throwing strikes in Little League, so I would assume he did Not well. Aaron Nola. The track record's really strong here. Um, the strikes on small. How many How many Little Leaguers have you seen go to the majors, Heath? Come on. Different well, n- yeah, so far, not that many. Yeah. Right. Well, we don't know yet. Uh, so, so, okay. Worryometer on, on Nola, 0 to 10. 4. 5. Three, two, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, okay. So it's hard to take him out of the ace tier. When do we start moving Luis Castillo? It looks like Scott already moved Castillo and Barrios ahead of Nola. Next would be like Hyunjin Ryu, guys like that. Yeah, I don't know that I like having Barrios ahead of him. I'll have to think about that some more. But yeah, he's that is the tier I think Nola belongs in now. Uh, Rios will there definitely are... be better in about half of his starts. 
<laughs> then let's go to for Lester. Sure. Scott, talk about John Lester for me here. Uh, two bad starts in a row, but still a 268 ERA. Yeah, I mean, regression was going to hit at some point, and it could have hit harder than this. The wind was blowing out yesterday. He gave up two home runs, uh, and a big part of his success has been home run prevention. Uh, it's I, I, I think he is a different pitcher this year because he's kind of doing the same trick Madison Bumgarner's doing, where he's throwing a lot more cutters than before. And even though it hasn't... Well, it has improved his swinging strike rate thumb, but more notably, he, he has about a strikeout per inning again, which I wasn't sure we'd ever see from Lester. So uh, I, I think he's I think he's capable of sustaining um, good numbers. Obviously, was pitching over his head. Uh, I don't think he's must-start, but I... You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking he's on a downward spiral here. Okay. Uh, he, so Matt Snyder of CBSSports.com wrote an article about Lester on May 13th, 11 days ago. And what he pointed out was that John Lester's command up to this point, this was before his two bad starts, had just been amazing. And, you know, it's a little hard maybe to trust the guy who has to hit his spots so perfectly, which he had been doing. But I think you can see a scenario where if the command doesn't go great for him, he's going to be pretty hittable. And maybe that's what's happened over the last two starts. I don't know. But it seems like, you know, that that may have been Lester's best skill so far this season. Just like an incredible command, which I think he'll be good at. But Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have the stuff to get away with it if he's not completely on point with his command. Yeah, but, I, I mean, that's probably the argument for why Zach Eflin's been so good this year, why Zach Davies had been so good before his last start. And the difference is Lester is, has a much better strikeout rate than those two. Uh, so that, It is worth noting his swinging strike rate has actually, after last night's start, gone down. Oh, okay. so Yeah. But the, the strike, yeah. There, so. It's yeah, it's 8.2% right now, which is that's low. I mean, you you can get strike like swinging strike rate is important. It's typically a leading indicator of strikeout rate. But you know, if you sequence your pitches right, you can sustain a higher strikeout rate than your swinging strike rate would otherwise suggest. Lester or Giolito? Lester. Yeah. Okay, Lester or mm, I oh, might take oh, Giolito. Lester or Max Freed? Freed. Less. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'm inclined to go Lester there. David Fletcher is my Lester. over Freed. Yeah. And Archer over saying, I guess. Transitive property. And Archer over Lester. We're, we're just figuring yeah. out all of Scott's rankings right now. Okay, guys, David Fletcher. He's 38% <laughs> owned. He's batting 300 with four home runs. He leads off against lefties. He bats eighth or ninth against righties. Is there anything here to David Fletcher? He's on the Angels, FYI. He's eligible in a lot of positions. I think he's good. Like He never strikes out. No, never. He's got some speed. He's got, you know, not a lot of pop, but because he makes contact, this is a profile that we've seen produce a little more power than we might have expected. I, I don't think he's a a star by any means, but something like what Joey Wendell did last season, it's not out of the question. Maybe with a little better batting average. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like w- Wendell had well over double digits. In, did he in home runs at least? No, not well 12. over. 
Okay. Because he's played 127 major league games. He's got five home runs and six steals. Sure. That's. I don't, Joey I don't know where he's had... going to help you. <laughs> Joey Wendell had seven home runs last year. Oh, oh how, how many like steals? He had 16 steals? He had 16 steals, yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about how bad second base is. I think he can be, at the very least in categories leagues, a, a useful second baseman. It's not, again, it's not a star, but. I just lost Andrelton Simmons in a in a roto league, and I was looking for batting average. I think David Fletcher's going to be a good source of that. All right. So uh, I'm not going to let you guys talk about any standouts. Hopefully they will be in the notes. I am confident wow. that they will be, but we got to get moving here. we got to take a quick break on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, we'll give you some injury updates. We'll talk about a player and a team who are making history. The most added list, maybe some of Heath's regression candidates. Hope you're ready for that, Heath. Fringy starting I pitchers. What's going on with Madison Bumgarner? Why is he having a very interesting season? Some deep league targets, two-star pitchers, the drop-o-meter, and more. We'll be right back. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we'd go in-depth with player analysis on fantasy baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. News and notes begins with Charlie Blackman, who has a calf injury. Uh-oh, we'll keep an eye on that, uh, but he left the game yesterday with a calf injury. Daniel Murphy sat against the lefty. <sighs> Which, would you drop Daniel Murphy for Kevin Biggio? Oh, yeah. I don't think I wow. would. I don't think I would either. He emphatically. Again, I would hope I have someone with less potential than Daniel Murphy. I just don't like, and maybe it's better to wait until the end of May to say that Daniel Murphy is a platoon player who's also been bad against righties this year too. Well, it just, it's 88 plate appearances. It's not even like a wait until end of May because he hasn't really even gotten a chance. Maybe he just won't get a chance and maybe... He truly did lose it, but he hit 300 last year, and he was on pace for 20-ish homers and 80 or so RBI and, and runs each. Like He was really good last year, and that was coming back from an injury. I still think you you got to give him a chance. I, I think all of those numbers that you gave from last year were just slightly inflated because he played 91 games. He's in Coors Field now. He had 12 now. home runs. He hasn't played more than 144 since 2013. Mm-hmm. So he was on pace for like 18 home runs with 70 RBI. And a 300 and average. That's a, we're talking about second base. Right. That's a really good player. It, I, it's I, fine. No, but, but he's in Coors Field now. Like, you're right. Right. Like, so I think that all of us probably have faith in Daniel Murphy as a hitter. The big question is, is he a platoon player? I don't think he does. I'm not sure. You should. Well, there's a- I think he's a platoon player if he keeps hitting like this. 
but yeah. that's that's not the relevant point. He has a 200 Babbitt. There have also been less than concrete, you know, lacking in details, but it's it's definitely been put out there that the finger that put him on the IL may still be bothering him, and maybe that has something to do with uh, with the, the lack of playing or the inconsistent playing time, even more so than handedness of the opposing pitcher. They have faced a lot of lefties recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, using the lefties as an excuse to sit him is something that's happened a lot. But I don't know. There's just there's just not enough information for me to back away from a guy who, you know, was going in the sixth or seventh round at a weak position and has, you know, upside of presumably like a second rounder, you know, playing at Coors Field. Mm -hmm. I just I just want to wait a little longer. I could understand picking up Biggio and starting starting him over Murphy for now, but I couldn't drop Murphy. I will say it probably makes more sense to like there's a 10 game homestand coming. If we get to the end of that 10-game homestand and Daniel Murphy still looks useless, I think we have to reevaluate it. Sure. Okay, we will do that then. Andrew Benintendi, put it in your phone, in your calendar, Heath. Reevaluate. Uh, Andrew I just Benintendi, it. okay. Uh, he batted six Benintendi yesterday against a lefty. He did steal a base. Michael Chavis led off and played first base. J.D. Martinez sat again. Doesn't look like an IL stint, but he's got a back issue. He had an illness. Uh, did I jinx him? Just Heath? real quick, the other side of that Benintendi-Chavis thing, if we explored how good Michael Chavis has been this year? Yeah. Uh, I, believe, I believe we got an apology from Adam or something like that, that we hadn't been talking about him. He has been the best second like baseman that? in fantasy baseball this year since he was called since up. Since he was called That's up, weird. yeah. Uh, we talked about him, I think, yesterday. Uh, Scott and I did. So well, it was recently. We, I feel like we've talked about Chavis a lot. We haven't talked about it. <laughs> Every time I'm on this show, we talk. It about must be when I'm not. Yeah. I'm glad you guys have um, talked about him. He is awesome. awesome. He's yeah. scored more fantasy points per game than Javi Baez or Whit Merrifield. But here's the thing. Here's one of the the things that I, I thought was going to not last for him. It was the walks. He came up and he was walking a lot. He was also running a lot. Neither of the Well, he stole two bases early. He hasn't <laughs> stolen a base since. But uh, his past 10 games, he's walked one, which you know, he wasn't a high walk guy in the mind against pitchers who... You know, minor league pitchers are. Uh, there's a lot of guys down there who can't really throw strike. So, uh, if anything, you would expect a player's walk rate to get worse upon reaching the majors. And Chavis is was way up at the start, but now it seems to be normalizing. Uh, so, uh, in the end, I think his power, his profile is going to depend mostly on how many home runs he hits. And at second base, you know, maybe that's enough. But I, I don't think. I, I still don't see him emerging as like this stud level player. Yeah, I don't. I don't have him in my top five second baseman. I think he definitely should be in the top ten. Would you rather have Ozzie? Very similar to Austin Riley. Would, would you rather position. have uh, Ozzy Albies or Michael Chavis? I, I'd rather have Albies. Me too. Uh, I think I'd rather have Chavis. He's okay. He's getting bold today. Okay, uh, Yoan Assessment is... This is all very stunning. This yeah, is all really very unheat. <laughs> it really Dude, is. Like, it, that's the, like, you're not quite as... You're not quite as, like, let's not react to things as right. I am, but you're... Well, like, being better than Ozzy Albies is not some, like, career achievement. Ozzy Albies was undoubtedly in your top six in he's, he's, second base rankings coming he's, into the season. He was, like, eighth. But he's like a 760, 750 OPS guy that might steal 15 bases. Yeah, he's, he's on my drop-o-meter in shallow he's just, leagues. Whatever. I, he's a second baseman, so he's, you wouldn't he's, play him if he played any other position. 
He's been the ninth best second baseman this year. Like I said, he'd probably be like the 34th best shortstop. We really need to get moving here. Chris, stop, don't do that. Chris, why are you always hurrying people? It's so <laughs> unprofessional. Yoannis Sesmanis is likely out for the season. Jeff McNeil and Robinson Cano are both on the IL. Might not be long stints for them, let's hope. Uh, Max Kepler's day-to-day with a bruised knee. Yandy Diaz is on the IL with a left-hand contusion. Josh Bell's dad is gigantic. Please go to CBSSports.com and check out our... Every day they write like a Thursday recap, you know, Wednesday recap, whatever it is, on CBSSports.com slash MLB, and it's awesome, uh, very helpful for me, and I think it'll be very helpful for you. And there's a picture of Josh Bell's dad. He is absolutely jacked, and it is very funny. Uh, The Mets started an all-right-handed lineup against a right-handed starting pitcher for the second time in franchise history. I thought that was a kind of a cool stat, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. CeCe Sabathia is on the IL, but he could just miss one start. Kevin Kiermaier homered. It was an inside-the-park home run. The Phillies sent Cole... Yes, Philly <laughs> sent Cole Irvin back to AAA, and Pedro Sto- uh, Strope is nearing a return. Um, let's see. I, I did a Google search for Josh Bell's large adult dad. <laughs> yeah. And I got a cut four post from MLB.com that said Josh Bell's extremely extremely muscular dad was not happy about a borderline strike call on his son. Yeah, he looked mad. So. You wouldn't want to. You you wouldn't want to anger Josh Bell's yeah. dad. Okay. So the super shredder look runs in the family. What yes. you're saying. The, yes. Okay. So, a uh, player making history and a team making history. Austin Riley became the second player in baseball history with five home runs in his first eight games at age 22 or younger, joining Carlos Delgado. That was from MLB.com's Andrew Simon. And Delgado actually played two games in 1993, didn't homer. And then in 1994, he had seven home runs in his first four or five games. So, no. Uh, he... Five home runs. He had five home runs in his first seven games. Sorry, yeah, he had five home runs in his first seven games. Uh, so you know Austin Riley's great. Playing in '94. No, because I really want to slow this thing down. Catcher. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. So how about Austin Riley, guys? Uh, anything new to say about him? We've talked about him like every day this week. He would be a a, a superstar if he played second base. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I view him similar to how I view Michael Chavis moving forward. I, I'm a little a, less excited about Riley just because I'm more concerned that he doesn't have a place to play at some point in the re- future. And also, I don't think the Braves offense is going to be as good as the Red Sox offense. But other than that, yeah. Okay. And then the Twins. Scott, you can talk about Scott the Twins. Scott disagrees a lot. I don't I, care. I know, but I don't. Yeah. I, I derailed us for Carlos Delgado, the catch. <laughs> All right, Minnesota became the second team in baseball history to hit eight home runs in a game twice in the same season. That is from Dustin Morse <laughs> on Twitter. So here are some of the guys who have been really good for the Twins. Max Kepler is the number 24 outfielder in points, number 28 in Roto. He's 71% owned. Jorge Polanco is the number three outfielder in points, number seven in Roto. All these guys homered yesterday, by the way. Eddie Rosario is the number 14 outfielder in points leagues, number six in Roto. <laughs> Um, weird season for Rosario. He has bad plate discipline, but that's not surprising. He only has six doubles, but 14 homers. Uh, okay, who else? C.J. Crone is on fire. He's now has, has 13 home runs and a 278 batting average. Miguel Sano has homered four times in his last four games. Uh, he does have 10 strikeouts in six games. It's being called up, not, or it's being taken off the IL, not surprising. And Jonathan Scope is now the number 13 second baseman in points, number 12 in Roto. 
So, Scott, and there's a lot to digest here for the Twins. I know you're buying the Jorge Polanco breakout. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else you really want to talk about with Kepler or Rosario or Crone or Sano or Scope? And Crone's on my top 10 sleeper hitters for this upcoming week, and not even so much because the matchups are great, just because he's so hot and you know he's still widely available. Um, so that's that's probably the most interesting, though. Jonathan Scope, I I kind of get the feeling he's going to sneak up on people because it's there are going to be stretches where he seems completely useless because he doesn't walk at all. And yet, if you look at the pace he's on, it's much closer to the one he was on two years ago when he was, I think, a top five second baseman in fantasy than. Uh, than what he was on last year. I don't think he's going to be top five, but I think he's probably, um, I, I think he's more useful than a lot of people realize. All right, so if Kevin Biggio were available, would you rather have Scope or Biggio? I'd rather have Biggio, but... <laughs> second base is so Scope interesting. seems like a good fallback <laughs> option. Like, it's amazing how many second base eligible prospects have been called up to make the position feel a little bit deeper, and hopefully they come through for us. Okay, um... Would you, rather, would you guys rather have Eddie Rosario or Mitch Hanniger? I would probably rather have Hanniger. Really? But I don't feel super confident about it. Yeah, with the way he's striking out this year, Hanniger, I, I'm, going, I'm going Rosario. <sighs> okay. Would you rather have Rosario or Tommy Pham? I have Rosario, Fam, and Hanniger back to back to back in my rankings. Oh. I think these guys are like, in that order. In that order, Rosario, Fam, Hanniger. I'd rather have Fam. I would too. All right, cool. Let's look at the most added list here on CBSSports.com. Uh, very useful tool, especially if you want to make your ad drops. Might be some players that you're, you know, not really noticing. They've been very good or, or very bad lately, and. I'm just killing time. This is this is how I kill time until I actually pull up the most added list, which looks a little well, something. Well, we have killing time is an excellent way to hurry things up. Like this. Well, I'm not killing time. I'm I'm transitioning slowly. <laughs> uh, the most added He's transitioning player. with style, Heath. <laughs> yes. Let's make sure we don't have any long discussions. We need to get these long transitions in there. It wasn't intentional. <laughs> the, the the most added player is actually on the IL, and it's Willie Calhoun. Uh, are you okay dropping Willie Calhoun, or do you think we should? We should hang on to him. He's got a quad strain. You can drop him. I'd want to hang on to him. <laughs> it, it depends who else is in your IL spot. I think in most cases I could ha- I could hold on to him. Okay. We have just had like no consensus. Lance Lynn is two. We talked about him. He's got a two starts next week. C- He's terrible. CJ Crow. Yes. What? <laughs> I'm just we're just I'm just gonna disagree with everything you said. Terrible. Oh, add him. I thought you said Adam. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. Adam, Adam. I heard Adam, too. Yeah. Adam. CJ <laughs> Crone is three. Jordan Lyles is four. Jordan Lyles is 85% owned now. He did start yesterday. He had five scoreless innings, and then he gave up six runs in the sixth inning, four of them with him in the game, then two more when a reliever came in. And it was straight. It was a, it was a double, then a strikeout. No, it was a strikeout, then a double, then a ground out. So he's one out away. From getting, oh, I had him as five and a third. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> then he gave up a single, a single, a single, a walk, and a single. 
So just this has of- been your pirates game play by play brought to you by Adam Hazer. So does Jordan Lyles deserve to be eighty five percent owed? I think close to that. It's you- a little too high. <laughs> okay. I think he's more of a seventy percent guy. Okay. Austin Riley's next. Gio Gonzalez, sixty two percent owned it. He's two starts next week. Anybody interested in Gio? Not really. That seems way too high to me. We're on the same page. Yeah, those matchups are pretty high five. Though, I think. Yeah, let's see high five. There you go. Uh, Jason Castro, thirty-six percent owned. Nicky Lopez, still only forty percent owned. That's ridiculous. He's a royal. People, add him. Why do you like him so much? Like, every time we talk about him, you act like he's this burgeoning superstar. He, he's not a burgeoning superstar, but he is as a very g- good place in the order. He has guaranteed playing time. He's a second baseman. He's going to walk more than he strikes out. He's great. He's good. You know Could who even be David you know Fletcher. Who like? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. He sounds like David Fletcher. <laughs> this is the thing that you like. Like he is, I expect he will be better than David Fletcher, yes. Okay. Kevin Biggio is only 31% owned. Scott Oberg is 16% owned. He's the temporary closer for Colorado. Tommy LaStella, we should talk about him. 80% owned and just keeps it going. Uh, Kreeth, are you guys... I, we'll, Scott can uh, give the rebuttal. But Kreeth, are you guys buying Tommy LaStella? He should be owned. I think this... I very much believe this is going to be a... Remember when Tommy LaStella hit all those home runs in May situation? But he's hitting right now i i don't have really much reason to believe that this is legitimate it's completely like it, it's it's such an outlier for his career that it would be like billy hamilton walking 15 percent of the time like it just i wouldn't buy it he has tw- i think this is a, a good place to put the number he has 12 home runs already this year which is ridiculous over under 12 home runs for the rest of the season for tommy listo away on yeah. Scott? I agree. I don't know that I'd take the under there. I mean, obviously, that's his. he's on pace for more than 40 home runs now. So even if you you know, gave him 13 home runs the rest of the way, that's, that's slowing the pace down considerably. Um, but, like, the, the thing that I'm, I'm noticing with Tommy Listell is, like, it— his power, his profile doesn't necessarily even depend on him hitting for big power because with a string of multi-hit games, his batting average is up over 300 now, and yet he still has a 256 BABIP. And there's nothing in his profile that suggests he should be a low BABIP guy. So, like, we're, we're talking about a guy who could hit well over 300, I think. And if the power's there, you know. I I just think, I think like part of the problem is we've got a five-year sample of him being a quad A player, basically. Mm -hmm. And now we've got a 40-game sample of him being an all-star. And I am just more likely to... It's going to take more than 40 games before I think that Tommy Listell is definitely good. He could hit it well over 300, but he's never done it before. Yeah. Okay. Look, this stuff happens, you know. There are two ways where you can go, obviously. You could... You hear the argument from Scott and uh, from Kreeth. I'm just thinking of Luke Voigt right now as a recent example of quad A, and now he's kind of backing up what he did last year. But I'm also thinking Tom of like... Tom doesn't have Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's what? <laughs> Luke Voigt muscles. muscles. Only oh, Josh yeah. Bell's dad has Yeah, he, he doesn't. That's true. I'm also thinking about Jason Hayward, who 
is back to being useless. A um, few more names on the most added list to get to. Hansel Robles, 42% owned. Cody Allen was bad last night. Cody Allen's walking a batter every single appearance. Robles, I guess, has a chance to really keep that job. Uh, it's a It looks like a pretty bad bullpen there. I said Butchery's probably the best pitcher, but he ain't getting the saves. And then Tyler Malley's still only 40% owned. I don't know what happens this weekend with Tyler Malley against the Cubs, but it's so hard to find good starting pitching. There's enough reason to think, based on what we've said already this week, based on the Aces story, there's enough reason to think that Tyler Malley should be owned in more leagues than that. I, I, we've said it a lot. I think that's a guy that's out there that you should be stashing right now. <clears throat> 100%. As we take a look at uh, yesterday's action, let's go to the rotation here. Talk about some pitchers that are pretty much started all the time. Madison Bumgarner. Well, why don't we do some rankings? Bumgarner, Boyd, Tanaka, Lyles, uh, Jordan Lyles, Martin Perez. They'll be the last two in some order. But what's the top three? Bumgarner, Matt Boyd, Masahiro Tanaka, Scott White. My top three is Boyd... And then a tough call between the other two. Um, I don't want to con- contradict my rankings, but my feeling today is to knock over Bumgarner. Okay. Heath, how about you? How would you rank those top three? I would go Boyd, tier break, Bumgarner, tier break, Tanaka, 17 tier breaks, the other two guys. <laughs> Lyles and Martin Perez. All right, well, I'll come back to Lyles and Martin Perez. You, Heath, are pretty low on Masahiro Tanaka. He's like in the 40s or something in your rankings, right? I think he's right around 40. I, like this start, five strikeouts over six innings with one run allowed against the Orioles is definitely not going to change anything. He's been a frustrating pitcher so far this year. Oh, he's a 294 ERA and a 112 whip, 58 strike. I think he has been a little frustrating if you look at the game log. There was a stretch where he had no feel for his splitter. Uh, I don't buy the ERA, but... I also don't oh, no, he's got a 360 FIP and a 375 XFIP. And a 294 ERA. I also don't know why the strikeouts are down. Uh, you know, he had been over a strikeout rating two straight years. I, it just seems a little low, a little low, around 40 for tonight. No, I, I probably, like, he has had a good stretch over the last three starts. I probably ignored a, one too many of them. And as Bumgarner goes here, like he's his ERA is probably too high at 410. 13 walks to 70 strikeouts. Great ratio there in 68 innings. 119 whip. But the issue with Bumgarner, guys, he has been really bad third time through the order. And he hasn't pitched more than six and a third all year. He basically, Bumgarner basically pitches six innings every time out. And that's just not the old Bumgarner. But you know what? I, I guess it's not the worst thing, Chris. You, you haven't weighed in. It's not the worst thing. Like if we get quality starts if we get six good innings but it is strange that he's just getting crushed now two years in a row by the way getting crushed third time through the order and I don't think that's a coincidence given the changes that he's had to made make to his pitch repertoire to kind of combat the effects of aging and losing stuff so when you typically what most starters will do is they'll use or at least historically they'll use one their their fastball heavily the first time through mix in a secondary pitch Third time through, try to get a little more even, start mixing in a third pitch. And by the time you get to the third time through the order, you're really trying to mix it up because they've seen your fastball so many times. I, I wonder, and, and I don't know whether there's research that, that backs this up, but I do wonder if this trend away from fastball-heavy usages for the league as a whole, but specifically these older pitchers like Madison Bumgarner, 
might limit their effectiveness the third time through through the order because they're already using all their pitches the first two times that they face a batter. So mm-hmm. th- that's something to look into. Yeah, that's actually a pretty interesting theory. I like that. Uh, Scott, why don't you tell me what you think about Lyles and Martin Perez and whether or not you think we can trust them going forward? Uh, I like Perez more than Lyles. I think... I, I, I think given the state of pitching, you don't have much choice but to trust him. I know in the leagues where I have him, which aren't especially deep, he's kind of just a fixture in my rotation right now. I'm not thrilled with it, but um, you know that, that it just makes sense based on what else is available. Um, so he's, he's closer to Mustone, I think, than Lyles is, but it, there's not really any justification to drop either. Okay. Fringy starting pitchers from yesterday, guys. They might be available in some shallower leagues. Steven Matz, Kevin Gosman, and Caleb Martin. Two bad starts in a row for Martin. Uh, Matz, Gosman. Oh, I also have Trevor Richards is there as well. Uh, and Caleb Martin. Richards is only 28% owned. The others are 66 to 71% owned. Uh, would you pick up any of them? Matz, Gosman, Richards, Martin. So Matz has given up. I'm trying to do the math in my head because my computer died like 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> he's given up, what, 15 runs on the season, maybe 18, something like that. And 10, I believe, came in that out. Eight came in that outing when he couldn't record a single out. Six. Okay, so yeah, that's, I mean. He has given three. up 22 runs on the season, and eight came in the outing eight. where he did not record an out. Oh, Is that eight, wait, eight, eight, no, six, that's runs. Six earned okay. runs. Six earned earned runs. runs. So it would be eighteen and six. I'm so good. Well, you know that's not what I'm you so said. So good at, all. at math. I did. No, I said eighteen. Um, oh goodness, that's really impressive. And he's striking out a batter per inning, and he's got good control. I think he's decent. And this started at the end of last season. I think it was like the last six or seven starts that he made. He was showing real signs of improvement. So I think Stephen Matz is someone that you, not a must start, but probably should be owned more than seventy one percent. He was so lucky yesterday. He gave up 10 hits. He Houdini'd his way out of jams in each of the first at least three innings. This could have was, been a- But here's the thing. Was he lucky that he was able to get out of those jams, or was he unlucky that the Nationals had a 556 Babbitt? No, they, no they, they were not. Look, what I saw, they were not cheapies at all. Um, I think it was... I think it was I, I have a tough time buying into him. I don't know. I, I have a really tough time yeah. with Matt's. Uh, I understand that he should be there's, owned. Go ahead, Scott. There, there's no real like standout pitch in his arsenal, and it, it's not like the situation. Like there, he had five swinging strikes yesterday, and um, his it's a nine percent rate on the season, and that was kind of true last year too when he started to pitch well down the stretch. So I'm not totally dismissive sure. of him, but I just I'm really skeptical of it. What about Gosman or Caleb Martin? See, I kind of like what Gosman is doing. I think he deserves to have, I mean, certainly in terms of FIP, he deserves to have more of a mid-three ZRA. This is his third consecutive quality start. He's throwing his splitter like 40% of the time this year versus 25% uh, has been his typical range, and it's it's led to a big boost in swinging strike. So I think there are better days ahead for Gosman. His ownership probably needs to be higher than 68%. And I am going to just admit my ignorance. I get pulled in a lot of directions sometimes. I do not know who Caleb Martin is. 
Uh, Astros starting pitcher had a really good first start. I think the last two. I do not believe the Astros have anyone named Caleb Martin on their no, team. No, they oh. don't. It's Corbin, Corbin Martin is his Corbin name. Martin. Okay. <laughs> I did it again. That's the Adam second has said time. Caleb Martin's like 16 times. Yeah. Each time I'm like searching fan graphs, searching baseball reference, searching baseball savant. Like, who does this guy play for? <laughs> oh, I, I was. What not is wrong. he doing? No, Adam oh, was. No, oh, good. Yeah. I thought, okay, I thought I got it wrong. I am definitely not a baseball savant. Uh, that is for. For sure. It is Corbin Martin, not <laughs> Caleb Martin. Uh, can we cut Corbin Martin loose, guys? Yes, for me. Uh, I would not yet. I understand you're not starting him, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I do. We are we guaranteed another start from him after the last two? Well, McHugh's on Should the I IL, be. so I don't know. I mean, go. With I mean, it, it helps that. It helps the force. Whitley hasn't been great, and I think he got off to a delayed start at AAA, and then Josh James has been pretty terrible in the bullpen. Well, and that neither of them are stretched out to start a game either. They've been going multiple innings. Um, I think Josh James went... How many did he go? Three yesterday? Oh, whatever. Okay, I mean, ready? they have options, and Corbin Martin's been awful his last two starts. You ready for Turbo Fantasy Baseball? Turbo FBT? Yes. By the way, we have a mailbag coming Probably up. Probably not, but we can try. All right. Scott, you're the only one who gets to talk during this segment. Bullpen. Oh, that's nice. Wow. Who's the closer for the Braves? Just walk away. Shh. Who's the closer for the Braves? Uh, Luke Jackson, despite two blown saves recently. Sean Newcomb was an alternative presented, but he worked very early in yesterday's game. Uh, what percentage of the saves was, does Hector Neris get? 75. Wow. Uh, okay. I didn't know he got traded. The, it's been more than 75%, Heath. You are you are off base on your Hector Neris evaluation. Like just He's like, on pace for like 24 saves. He, was, uh, he wasn't he well, was the closer at the start it. of the season. Yeah. Uh, okay, Heath, you broke the rules. I'll let you talk about deep league hitters. Uh, do you think any of these guys have like staying power? Gio Urshela, Willie Adamas, Scott Kingery, or Brian Goodwin? I think Adamas is the most interesting of that group. Kingery would be if you could guarantee me he was going to play every day. Okay. Yeah, I, I think Kingery's the most the most interesting talent for sure. And I think there's a chance he just they've got big holes at center field and third base right now. Michael Franco has been basically non-existent since the first like six games of the season. I I hope he gets a chance. Scott, you're the only one who follows directions, so you get to talk about deep league pitchers. Any of these guys have staying power. Ryan Yarbrough, who just came up uh, back from the minors and pitched well yesterday for the Rays. Clayton Richard for the Blue Jays. Ryan Weber for Boston. Eric Lauer for San Diego. Jose Urania for Miami. Or Daniel Norris for Detroit. The most interesting of them to me is, uh, is Yarbrough, who was solid last year, mostly following an opener. Uh, didn't, technically didn't make many starts, but was you know pitching a starter's workload. And after getting sent down to the minors this year in four appearances, three of them starts, he had a 214 ERA, 12.9 K per nine versus only 1.3 BB per nine. He had 16 swinging strikes yesterday. Obviously, it didn't translate to many strikeouts, but he was doing that in the minors, and that's a lot of bets to miss. Um, seems like he should have job security with the guys they've lost to injury. Yarbrough is somebody who's now on my radar. Okay, good to know. And if you are looking for just a reliever for some ratios, keep an eye on Amir Garrett. He has He's for the, the uh, Reds. Amir Garrett has retired the last nine batters he's faced via strikeout. 
We're going to have to skip the drop meter Let's go to two start pitchers. All right, I'm just scanning for some at Colorado's to see if there might be any studs. Uh, Zach Granke at Colorado and home against the Mets, and we're going to start him. Yep. No problem there. Cole Hamill's been struggling a little bit lately at Houston, at St. Louis. Start or sit? I would start. I think you start him. Uh, definitely in a point. How about Jordan Lyles at Cincinnati and home against Milwaukee? I think I'd start him. Uh, yeah, that sounds fine to me. Okay. Rick Porcello, Cleveland in the at the Yankees? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rich Hill's definitely a start. Giolito's definitely a start. Marco Gonzalez, Texas and the Angels at home. Yuck. In a points lead. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it, but probably would do it. John Gray, Arizona and Toronto at Coors Field. Nope. No, he's he's still John Gray. I would do it in a points league. Matt Strom at the Yankees and home against the Marlins. For sure. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. He's he's somebody you could pick up off waivers potentially too. We didn't mention him at the top of the show. Seventy six percent owned. Yeah, a little bit above the threshold, but yes, it could be available in some leagues. Matt Strom and RP eligible. Chris Bassett, Gio Gonzalez, Sonny Gray, Stephen Matz. Who are you rolling with next Sunny. week? Is that? I mean, you can say multiple names. Uh, Bassett, Geo, Gray, and Mats. What are Bassett's matchups? I, I, they're not great. They're right? bad. Uh, Angels, know. Astros. Angels and Astros, both at home. Yeah. I I still think he's my favorite of this group, which I, I don't mean to be a significant statement. Um, yeah. But Sonny yeah, Gray, Sonny Sonny Gray. Gray. Yeah, I he's the other one. My favorite of the group. No way on Waka. He's just no way. Lance Lynn, we've already debated. How about Brad Keller at the White Sox and at Texas? No, thanks. Yeah. Samarja. Well, he, he's a spark, right? Yes. Yeah. He is. In a points league, yeah. He sir walks a lot, too. <laughs> Samarja, uh, we've said, has some sleeper appeal at Miami and at Baltimore. You're not going to find better matchups than that amongst these two-star pitchers. All right, so anyone else here? Pineda. Aaron Sanchez, one of his starts is at Colorado. Jeffrey Rodriguez at Boston at the White Sox. Trevor Richards, yeah, we talked about him. Maybe some appeal. San Francisco and at San Diego. And then there's just some desperation options that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. But Ryan Yarbrough, actually, Toronto at home and Minnesota at home could, you know, super deep leagues. Anyone else, guys? Yeah, I, I don't really want to start Yarbrough. No, I, I mean, I don't either. And I don't want to start, I don't want to start any of these guys. Did they use a, an opener with Yarbrough yesterday? They did not. No, no they didn't. It was a straight, kind of gone straight up a little bit. Yeah, but that, I think might, they uh, don't have yeah, enough regular starters where one of them has to start every once in a while. It, it feels like they've been doing that less than... Yeah. It's like they, they won other teams over to it, and they decided, eh. Okay. All right, guys, we are out of time. We talked about the weekend streamers. Pablo Lopez might be your best bet. Kyle Gibson, actually, is, he's just more owned. 75% owned, you can go with him. And uh, Scott also would go with Griffin Canning against Texas. I think Tyler Malley is someone to stash, not necessarily start this week at the Cubs. I apologize for not getting to any emails, but we got a whole mailbag show that's going to air on Monday. We're going to record that later on this Friday afternoon. Have a great weekend, a great Memorial Day, and we'll talk to you on Monday, and we'll talk to you on Sunday on CBS Sports HQ. This is Fantasy Baseball Today. Have a great weekend. Everybody.